I was made for this. We were made for this. I love being in the house of the Lord. I love it, I love it, I love it. Started out already with some baptisms to kick off the service. That's always great. Love to see that tank up here every week. It's me. Okay, but it will be up here next week. We got another baptism, a young man that got saved in youth a couple weeks ago. He'll be getting baptized next week. Again, we were made for this is what we're going to be talking about this morning. Um, Again, what a morning so far. And I was just looking... Sorry, Jane, I was staring at you during worship because she was just crying on that last song, Your Goodness is Forever, and, and, and I just imagine in her mind, she's thinking about how much the Lord has helped her without in this past year, and, and just her worshiping and crying, that just really spoke to my heart, that God, His goodness is forever. Uh, we forget sometimes about the things that He's done for us, and all we have to do is just hear a song like that and just throw our hands up and say, thank you, I remember your goodness, God, I remember what you've done in my life. And it just blessed me to see that this morning, blessed me to see our teens up here leading worship. Um, You're going to see some more of them here in just a little bit, but I appreciate our kids, um, our teenagers. I know you guys too, you guys invest a lot in them, a lot of time, um, effort, um, guidance, discipline. That's allowed, okay? (laughs) Encouraged. But um, again, let me me speak from the I was made for this part, okay? On a typical Sunday morning... Um, when I get to preach, and I'm blessed with that opportunity. <clears throat> but it wasn't that way this morning as far as Sunday school, because we were out serving and greeting and stuff like that. But on a typical morning for me, um, today was a little bit untypical, but I got to be part of praise and worship practice at 8. I got to usually get to teach Sunday school at 9. And then on the days I preach, I preach at 10, all within three hours. And I love it. I love it. Because I was made for this. It's not, oh my gosh, I got to do all three of those things. That's going to be a hectic morning. I just can't handle it. I was made for this. And I enjoy it. I get to be a part of this church. I get to serve in this church. And that is a blessing to me. Now, (laughs) I feel like I belong here. I feel like I have significance and I have purpose for what I do here. And the important thing I want you guys to understand this morning is you do too. Okay? Um, You were made for this, just like I was made for this. If you're here this morning, you have giftings, you have talents, you have skills given to you from God, and you have purpose here. It's so important for everybody that comes into Orchardville Church to understand you have purpose here. You are loved here. And... You may be sitting here this morning and say, that's easy to say all those things, Rick, because you get compensated for it. (laughs) Some people are thinking that. Yes. Yes, I do. Um, But I volunteered in the churches that I've been involved in for years doing the very same thing. And I counted it as a blessing then, too. To serve the Lord, to do what he's asked me to do, to be obedient, to use the gifts and skills and things he's put in my life for his glory. Um, and again, I'm not saying this to toot my own horn. Anybody that knows me knows I'm like, not like that. I might have to think I'm good at things, but I'm really not. Um, and I'm careful to give God praise in everything. It's nothing that I do. I realize it's his Holy Spirit working through me that we're able to accomplish things in youth group. We're able to accomplish things in this church, that I'm able to play the drums, that I'm able to just 
speak into people. Um, it's through his Holy Spirit. It's nothing Rick does. So I understand that, and I want you guys to understand that, that I'm not trying to toot my own horn on that this morning, but I'm, I'm just saying the skills and gifts and talents that the Lord has given me are to be used for his glory, whether I'm getting compensated for it or not. And I'll continue to do that, okay? I was made for this. I was created to take what God blessed me with and turn it around and use it for his glory. A lot of people don't understand that. I've got all these skills. I can play guitar. You know, people say this, and they forget where all that came from. And it's supposed to be used to glorify God and turn that around and win people to him by what he's poured inside of you. And you get to share it with others. And that's what God has put in me, and I want to utilize, I want to, not have to, I want to utilize those gifts that he's put inside me and that he's given me, okay? So all across this church this morning, I want you to stand if you volunteer in any kind of capacity at Orchardville Church. Anything. I don't care if you've been one of the people that signed up to clean the toilet or you speak up here on the stage, whatever it is, volunteers. Look around. It's good to recognize our volunteers. I appreciate you guys. All right, if you're not volunteering at the church, I want you to... No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> just kidding. I wouldn't do that to you. Um, but if you're not, I encourage you to get plugged in to volunteering here at the church. Wouldn't it be fantastic to go around to people in our communities and say, how many people volunteer at your church? All of them. And they say, are you serious? Yeah, we all believe in the mission that God's called us to do. So we all work together in unity to make sure it gets accomplished. So I encourage you guys, if you're not volunteering, get plugged in with us. We want you plugged in with us. God wants you plugged in, most importantly, uh, to use your gifts that he's given you. And we as leaders should be creating environments here at Orchardville Church that motivate you, that engage you, that encourage you, and make you want to deploy your gifts. If we're not doing that, shame on us. If we are doing that, shame on... I won't. I'll be nice. I got my nice voice this morning, Okay. But get plugged in with us, okay? We want you, you know, as you come into the church, as anybody comes into the church, and hopefully we're going to see new faces, new faces, new faces every week as you guys get excited about what God's doing, all right? So when people come in here, we want you to know God. We want you to know God, amen? amen. We want you to know who God is so you can know what his son did for you. Right. We want you to... You know, when you accept Christ in your life, we want you to find freedom in that. I didn't realize this was available for me. I didn't realize all this heaviness, all these burdens, all this sin, all these bad decisions and choices that I was making. I can get freedom in Jesus? Yes, you can. So we want you to find freedom in Christ. And we also want you, and what I'm hitting on today, is just discover your gift, discover your purpose. Okay, now I know who God is. I've got Jesus in my life. Now... What do I do with it? What does he put inside of me to share with others? And we want to be used by him. So we want you to discover what your gifts and your purposes are. Some of you guys already know in here. We may get to that a little bit later this morning. And then we want you, okay, you've done all those things. I know what my purpose is. Then we want you to start making a difference in our church and in, our, in your community. Start making a difference. It's kind of quiet in here, okay? Know God. Find freedom in Christ, discover your purpose, what your gift is, and then start making a difference right. in here and out there, okay? Drama team, if you guys would get ready, I'll give you a few minutes to get into place.
But everybody here in Orchardville Church, all of our volunteers, you are the lifeblood of our ministries. We cannot do what we do here without you guys. I want you to understand that. Um, that, that God's given each of us specific gifts and talents and callings and skills, and we're to take what he has instilled in us and, again, turn it around for his glory and share it with other people. We are to work together as one cohesive, unified unit to bring glory to him and to further his kingdom. If we're not furthering his kingdom right here in this church, we're, we're missing it. We're missing it. So we need to be further in his kingdom. And we were made for this. This is why we were made, to make other disciples for Jesus. Okay? That's what we were created for. And these guys are going to show you a little skit. I'll, make, I'll pick this up again. So here we go. Hey, everyone. Look what I have. A gift. I wonder what it is. Wait, I think I know. Teaching. I knew it. I knew it all along. Hey, I have a gift for teaching, and I've been doing it all along. Somebody asked me to teach Sunday school because they thought I'd be good at it. At first, I was way too nervous, but they encouraged me to do it. I really grew to love it. I really love those kids. Good for you. What'd you get? I don't know. I'm too afraid to open it. Why not? It's a gift. What if I don't like it? What if it's something like I have to be a missionary in a big hot place with a bunch of big hairy spiders? Why would you think that? Because I really hate big hairy spiders and I rarely get what I want. Well, how will you know what you've got unless you open it? Come on, just open it. Administration? How in the world can I serve God with that? Well, you could be a church secretary, church treasurer, collecting information, scheduling, organizing ministries. I'm sure there are lots of ways you can use that. And you can always do those things to help a missionary organization. Not all missions are in hot places with big hairy spiders. Oh, well, hey, what about you? What gift do you have? Me? I'm just a loser. I don't have any gift. Yes, you do. No, I don't. I'm not good at anything. Hey, do you know what your gift is? Yeah, it's evangelism and encouragement. Wow, that's awesome. And you have two. Aren't you going to use them? Yeah, but there's a lot of rejection involved and nobody thanks me. I teach Sunday school and even if nobody thanks me, I wouldn't care. I'm doing this because I'm serving God. I really love serving Him, you know? Come on, be honest. It's nice when somebody thanks you. Sure, it's nice, but that's not why I do it. And how will anyone ever thank you if you don't know what you're doing? You could be leading a lot of people to the Lord through what you teach. I'd sure be thankful for that. But evangelism is a very scary thing to do. Sure, but I was scared when I first started teaching Sunday school. So what? Well, first I was scared the kids wouldn't like me or they wouldn't listen, but it's not about that. I have a responsibility. What's the big deal about responsibility? I have a big responsibility to teach the word of God correctly. I could be bringing a lot of people to the Lord through what I teach. Huh. Well, you've given me something to think about anyway. I think I would use mine if I ever had one. But you do. It's there. Right there on your... Here, let me help you. Been there the whole time? Yes, now open it. Wow, you got two also, hospitality and helps? And you're doing those already. You're always inviting people over for a coffee and a meal, and you're always helping. But it's not that important. Are you kidding me? Whenever I was going through a really rough time and you brought us over a meal and cleaned our house, you just don't know how much that meant to us and what it did for us. That's the reason why I started coming to church in the first place. Up until then, I always thought all Christians were hypocrites. You really showed me God's love by doing that. 
Really? I didn't realize. Thanks for letting me know that. See, no one is a loser. God has given everybody a gift. Great job, as usual, to our kids and that skit. And thank you, Grace, for kind of... They're using their gifts, and, and Grace has a gift in that also, and she's kind of organizing that for us. Um, that's what I'm supposed to do. I'm, my, one of my responsibilities as a youth pastor is train people up to do things in ministry. And I'm so thankful that they're doing that and they're using their gifts that's God, that God's given them. And we each, like they said in that skit, we each have gifts or gift or gifts or giftings, however you want to look at it. We each have those, okay? Um, if you believe in the mission of this church, you want your gifts to be a part of that. If you believe in what we're doing here at Orchardville Church, you should want to use your gifts to further what we're trying to accomplish here and what God's trying to accomplish here. Okay? Be part of what's going on here at Orchardville Church. It takes a, a whole lot of people to pull off what happens here every Sunday morning. Um, I was talking to Justine last week about this, and to pull off what happens here on a Sunday, it takes approximately 60 to 65 60 to 65 volunteers every Sunday morning. I know. That's a lot. Um, that's a lot of people serving, a lot of the different things going on, a lot of different people that are doing their best to reach, teach, and serve everybody that walks into Orchardville Church. Now, if you think about 52 weeks in a year, we use, utilize, I'm going to try to use utilize, 3,200 volunteers per year each Sunday as it adds up over the course of the whole year. 3,200 volunteers. Give yourselves a hand for that. And do you guys know that the majority of guests that walk in our building make up their mind about whether they want to come back as soon as they meet volunteers and attenders? So within the first five or ten minutes, somebody's decided if they're coming back here or not. So you guys are crucial, and you're like, well, that's a lot of pressure. I don't know if I want to even be a volunteer then because I don't want to make somebody not come back. That's the truth. And the thing you need to think about is whatever you're doing, whatever you're volunteering, whatever gifting you know God has put in you, be sure that he can supply what you need to accomplish that gift. Okay? So don't worry about, oh, what if I can't do this? What if I, what if I mess up? Or what he's put it inside you already. Yeah. If you understand what the gift is and he put it there, he'll give you everything you need to make sure it gets accomplished. Okay? All right. First Corinthians. 12 sevens where I'm going to start. Some of you guys might be sitting here this morning and say, I have no idea what you're talking about, Rick. I have no idea a spiritual gift. I have, I have not a clue what you're talking about. Um, and I'm not sure I even have one. Yes, you do. 1 Corinthians 12, 7 says, a spiritual gift is given to some of, nope, sorry. It says each of us so we can help each other. A spiritual gift is given to each of us so we can help each other. Now, so where can I find out about these gifts? Well, I'm glad you asked because we're going to go there this morning too. All right? So let's start in Romans 12, verse 4. I think I'll go off my notes because like George, I think my eyes are getting bad. So Romans 12, verse 4 is where we're going to start. Is it okay if we read out of this life-breathing gospel of Jesus Christ? Okay. All right alive. 
Romans 12, 4, just as our bodies have many parts and each part has a special function, so it is with Christ's body. We are many parts of one body and we all belong to each other. Verse 6, in his grace, God has given us different gifts for doing certain things well. So if God has given you the ability to prophesy, speak out with as much faith as God has given you. If your gift is serving others, then serve them well. If you're a teacher, teach well. If your gift is to encourage others, be encouraging. If it is giving, give generously. If God has given you leadership ability, take the responsibility seriously. And if you have a gift for showing kindness to others, do it gladly. I love verse 11. This is New Living Translation is what I'm reading out of. Never be lazy, but work hard and serve the Lord enthusiastically. So first it tells us never be lazy, so we should be working. We should be doing what God's called us to do. And then... Work hard and serve the Lord enthusiastically. Woo! Everybody knows what that word means, right? Yeah. Not, not, yeah! Not begrudgingly like, oh, I gotta go to the coffee shop again. I gotta go back in Adventureland. And those kids are, oh! It's enthusiastically. If God put the gift in you, he wants to use it for you to use it enthusiastically. Be excited about it. Man, I'm blessed to go back to Adventureland. Not me, that ain't my gifting. <laughs> I'm blessed to go back there and be with those little kids and pour into them. When I see one get baptized and saved, I had a part in that. Amen. When I greet people that come in the door, my face is what they see. And I'm enthusiastic and excited because I know within the first 10 minutes, somebody's going to decide whether they want to be back here or not. Yeah. And I'm not just doing it so they'll come back. I'm doing it because God put that love inside me and I'm excited about serving. Ephesians 4.11. Ephesians 4.11. Now these are the gifts Christ gave to the church, the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, and the pastors and teachers. I'm jumping to 16 now. He, Jesus, makes the whole body fit together perfectly. As each part does its own special work, it helps the other parts grow so that the whole body is healthy and growing and full of love. Oh, I love it. 1 Corinthians, let's jump over there. 1 Corinthians 12, 4. If you don't want to jump with me, I understand. I'm going fast. 1 Corinthians 12, 4. I'll get a drink while you guys are turning. First Corinthians 12, 4. There are different kinds of spiritual gifts, but the same spirit is the source of them all. There are different kinds of service, but we serve the same Lord. God works in different ways, but it's the same God who does the work in all of us. A spiritual gift is given to each of us so we can help each other. There it is again. To one person, the Spirit gives the ability to give wise advice. Thankful for that. To another, the same Spirit gives a message of special knowledge. The same Spirit gives great faith to another. And to someone else, the one Spirit gives the gift of healing. Verse 10, he gives one person the power to perform miracles and another the ability to prophesy. He gives someone else the ability to discern whether a message is from the Spirit of God or from another spirit. That is so important. Got to have discernment. Still another person is given the ability to speak in an unknown language, while another is given the ability to interpret what is being said. It is the one and only Spirit who distributes all these gifts. He alone decides which gift each person should have. The human body has many parts, verse 12. But the many parts make up one whole body, so it is with the body of Christ. 
And then I'm going to jump to 18. But our bodies have many parts, and God has put each part just where he wants it. How strange a body would be if it only had one part. Yes, there are many parts, but only one body. And then verse 25, this makes for harmony among the members, so that all, so that all the members care for each other. If one part suffers, all the parts suffer with it. And if one part is honored, all the parts are glad. And finish with verse 27. All you together are Christ's body, and each of you is a part of it. Amen. We are in this together. When one of you hurts, we all should be hurting. When one of us is rejoicing, we all should celebrate with that person. Amen. We're together. So I wanted to go through... Um, Real quick this morning, all these gifts, I just, and they're kind of broken into different areas, but I wanted to show these on the screen to you, and we'll, yeah, look at all this. Apostleship, pioneering, discernment, encouraging, exhorting, evangelism, faith, giving, hospitality, knowledge, leadership, pastor, shepherding, prophecy, teaching, serving, ministry, showing mercy, wisdom, healing, helps, and the last two are separate, but I, I needed the space. So tongues and interpretation, okay? So we have all these gifts. Now let's talk about just briefly each one. Sorry, my back's to you, okay? Apostleship and pioneering. A person sent to new places with the gospel. An apostle can also provide leadership to other churches or ministry and offer advice on spiritual matters. Now this isn't the end-all, be-all. There's a lot that goes into that. So if you want to look these up, uh, we couldn't, I couldn't cover them all this morning, okay? Discernment, the wisdom to recognize truth from untruth by correctly evaluating whether a behavior or teaching is from God or another ungodly source. Encouraging, exhorting, competence and offering encouragement, comfort, and support to help someone be all that God wants them to be. Evangelism, the ability to successfully communicate the message of the gospel, especially to non-believers. Faith, people with this gift have such great confidence in the power and promises of God that they can stand strong in their belief, no matter what may try to shake them. Also, intercessory prayer in this. We all are people of faith, and we should be able to stand strong on that. Giving, those who have this gift are particularly willing and able to share what resources they have with pleasure and without the need to see them returned. Hospitality, a natural ability to make people, even strangers, feel welcome in one's own home or church as a means to disciple or serve them. Knowledge, this is the gift of someone who actively pursues knowledge of the Bible. This person may also enjoy analyzing biblical data. Leadership, this aptitude marks a person who is able to stand before a church to direct the body with care and attention and to motivate them toward achieving the church's goals. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> Pastoring, shepherding. Pastors are called shepherds because their calling and gifting are much like those who care for sheep. They are called and gifted to care for the spiritual well-being of a local body of God's people. Pastors are first and foremost servants. If a pastor doesn't ever want to get off the stage and be amongst the people and serve with the people, you're not pastoring. Come on, man. Yeah. You can't lead somebody if you don't want to get down there and work with them. All right. 
They are servants of God and servants of his bride, the church. They are given a mixture of abilities by grace that allows them to serve the needs of an entire community. The goal of the pastor is to reveal the glory of God in Christ by the power of the Holy Spirit to a people who need God's grace for life. The pastor loves the gospel of Jesus Christ and puts it at the center of his life and ministry. Pastors do not seek fame or recognition for themselves because it's not about them. But they, try, but they are placed in a position of authority by the Holy Spirit. The role of a pastor is one of humility and service as he is reminded daily of his overwhelming need of God's grace for the task at hand. Amen. Prophecy. The ability to speak the message of God to others. This sometimes involves foresight or visions of what is about to come. This skill should be used only to offer encouragement or warning. Teaching, the skill to teach from the Bible and communicate it effectively for the understanding and spiritual growth of others. We've got some great teachers in our church. A talent, gift, serving ministry, a talent for identifying tasks needed for the body of Christ and using available resources to get the job done. Showing mercy, this is the defining trait of a person with great sensitivity for those who are suffering. It manifests itself in offering compassion and encouragement and in a love for giving practical help to someone in need. Wisdom, the gift of being able to sort through facts and data to discover what needs to be done for the church. Healing, a capability used by God to restore others, be that physically, emotionally, mentally, or spiritually. Helps, someone with this gift is able to support or assist members of the body of Christ so that they may be free to minister to others. Speaking in tongues, a supernatural ability to speak in another language, one that has not been learned. And then interpretation, the supernatural ability to interpret what was spoken in the unknown language or tongue. I think that gets them all. Amen. Amen. Lots of gifts. Lots of spiritual gifts. Lots of giftings that God has given people. Um, and some of you in here that have been around church a long time are like, well, I already knew all that. Well, some of them don't know all that. So it's good to let people know what all God lays out for us in the word and where my gifting might be that he's put in my spirit. So I wanted to share that quickly with everyone. Um, and it also should be noted that not every Christian believes that these spiritual gifts are still relevant today. There are some uh, pastors and preachers out there that um, think that during the Bible times some of these things stopped. Well, I disagree. Should I just rip out parts of this Bible that aren't relevant anymore? Or is the whole thing is what we believe? Okay, I was just making sure. All right, so I disagree with that. Um, I believe that they're all needed now. And what God bestowed upon us people then are still relevant now for us. Um, God is the same God yesterday, today, and forever. So that's where I stand on it. Uh, I've got some spiritual gifts tests. My wife doesn't even know I put them under her seat. It's under Jackson's, actually. So if you're kind of interested in, it's not an end-all, be-all about, oh, this is, I take this survey, and, you know, I had the youth take it a week or two ago, and some of them were like, uh-uh, there ain't no way, that's me. So I'll, I have some of those. If you want one after service, um, see me or my wife, and you can have one of those just to kind of give you an idea. Maybe you don't know, what area can I serve in? I really don't know yet. So you can take that, and again, that's not 100%, that's what it's going to be, but it kind of gives you an idea um, of where maybe God's put in your spirit to serve and what you've got in you. So get one of those 
if you'd like, after service. And keep in mind when you do those, and this is what I told the teens too, sometimes God wants you to get out of your comfort zone. Right. <laughs> when he's asking you to do something, sometimes you have to do that. All right? All right, let's switch gears just a little bit. We're called to reflect God's character, so this means you yourself should be a minister just as much as anyone on the staff at a church. We're all ministers. We all reflect the image of Christ to people. Okay, 1 Peter 2, 9, But you are not like that, for you are a chosen people, you are royal priests, a holy nation, God's very own possession. As a result, you can show others the goodness of God, for he called you out of the darkness into his wonderful light. So if you know God, you're a Christian, you are responsible for sharing what he's done in your life. Why would we want to keep that to ourselves anyway? Listen, this is what Jesus did for me. Man, I was messed up. I was depressed. I was anxiety. I was thinking about killing myself, and Jesus just poof, put some life into me, and I don't think those thoughts anymore. Why wouldn't I share that with people that are hurting and going through depression and things like that? I know where they're at, and I know where God brought me to. So I want to tell people about it. I want to tell people about the goodness of God. There's no such thing as a small player in God's eyes. There's no such thing as a small uh, whatever gifting you have or whatever you do at the church. No, it's all big. It's all a big deal to what we're trying to accomplish. Give me uh, five basketball players. Come on, quickly. Teens, where are you at? Five players. I'll start calling you out. You know I will. Come on, give me five. One. Is Tadge here? Paige, get up here. Where's Paige? Come here, Paige. I need you. Give me three more. Even if you used to play. Grant! Where? Get down here. What are you doing hiding up in here in the balcony? Come on, five people. Actually, give me six. I want one more. One, two, three, four. Candy, you know how to play ball. Get up here. There we go. I got six. All right. No, get up here, McKenna. I... Again, there's no small player on God's team. All right? Here's my basketball team. Woo, we got some work to do. I'm just kidding. I'm a coach. All right? I coach basketball, if you guys didn't know that. So this is my team. All right? So on a team, there's all kinds of different players and there's all different kind of roles that people have on a team. Sometimes there's people that, let's see, Canyon, get me a rebound. Are you ready? You know what? Oh, he didn't even have to jump. It's like he plays on my girls' team. They don't like to jump sometimes either. Um, so we got a rebounder. Uh, let's see, Paige, she's really good at this. Let's play some defense. Just play defense. Sit down. You know you got to sit down. I'm not going to let that happen, Paige. All right. <laughs> you got people that have to play defense on your team. They're good at it. She's really good at it. Okay? Jarrett. You got some people on your team that pass. Yeah, good pass, Jarrett. You got to have those on your team, too. Otherwise, the person that scores. Oh, look. She made it. Okay. We also need bench players. No offense. I'm just. I, 
Guys, I wasn't talking about Grant, I'm just saying we gotta have those on the team. So what's the responsibility of a bench player? Cheer your team on, support your team. When you come into the game, you give it your all, right? Hey, what's up? So, did I leave anything out? <laughs> Rebounding, defense, passing. Oh. Hey, and you got to have somebody to dribble it, okay, up and down the floor. That's probably not her, but I'm just saying. I'm... She's one of them rebounders and post players. So all of these guys, or 10 or 15, whatever you have on your team, all have an important role. Whether I'm the one that scores all the points, like Briley, or I'm the one that re rebounds, or I'm the one that plays really good defense, or I'm the one that passes the ball, or I'm the one that cheers on everybody else, or I'm the one that dribbles. We all are important. We all have a job to do on that team. And as a coach, when you can get the team to believe in that and understand that, then you can accomplish anything as a team. That's when you start winning. Thanks, guys. Give me a hand. Hang on, Jarrett. I'm the passer now. Also on a team, if you have somebody that doesn't want to do their job, don't catch this. So I pass to Jared because I want him to shoot. <laughs> How are we supposed to accomplish what we want to on a team, Jared, when you won't be part of the team? Thank you. Again, every task, everything that we do at Orchardville Church is vital to us further in the kingdom. We need everybody on the team Amen. pulling in the same direction. Amen. We need that here. 1 Corinthians 12, 27, all of you together are Christ's body and each of you is a part of it. You know, in, in my practices, and I'm winding down here, in my practices, I'm real big on not cheating on sprints. And Paige, Sydney, some of you guys in here, you know that. Uh, Lizzie, I coached her in junior high. I hate, okay, that's a bad word to say. I dislike very much when they cheat on their sprints, okay? Take, for instance, this black box up here. You may not be able to see it, but when they'd run in practice and stop like two centimeters from it just to cheat at running, and they'll tell you, I explained it to them. If we got in the fourth quarter and it's a tie game and there's 30 seconds left and we're on defense and we've got four of us working our tails off to stop the other team and I have one of you that wants to cheat for two centimeters in practice, you will let your teammates down in a game. Sure. If, if that much is, is too hard for you to accomplish, you'll do the same thing in a game and you'll let your teammates down. And you'll cheat your teammates. Don't cheat the church out of a blessing by not using the gifts that God's given you. Right. If God's put something in you, then you need to bless all of us with it. Right. You need to understand that he put that in you to use it, not sit on it. Okay? Carlin told me a little story that Mark Shell had told the guy that I guess I think was a teacher that could teach very well. And he said, you're, you're cheating the church people out of a blessing of you teaching because that's a gift God's given you. It's true. It's true. 
Use the gifts that God's given you to bless this church. When you serve and you give up your time and energy for somebody else, to me, maybe this doesn't work for you, but I think it does for a lot of you guys in here, you get emotionally and spiritually recharged as you serve. Like just doing good for people does something to you. We talked about that at the mission team did. Going and doing things gives you a blessing in return. Like you bless me more than I'm blessing you. As a volunteer, you literally find purpose and meaning in the environment of our church when you're volunteering. You, man, I'm a part of this. And I'm not, I'm not just consuming every Sunday. I'm, I'm part of these people getting saved and baptized. I'm invested in that. I'm using what God's given me and I'm helping see people be saved. You know, some people in here this morning, you may listen to lies from the enemy. I have nothing to contri- contribute. I have nothing that I can do for the church. I just... I don't. That's just a lie from the enemy. He's putting thoughts in your mind that you can't do this, you can't do that. When you know in your spirit what God's put in there, you need to let that rise up instead of the enemy talking things into your head. We're all needed. We each have something personal and unique to offer Orchardville Church. We were made for this. We were made for this. And when you discover the way God made you, how he wired you, and you you start living that out, man, it gives so much fulfillment. And you understand your purpose. You guys could all stand with me this morning. We were made for this. God made us all to be relational. You know, to encourage each other, to Dale spur one another on. Sometimes that's a tough word. We are made to encourage each other, to, to help people that walk in this building, encourage them, and, and spurring on sometimes is a difficult word because sometimes you have to give tough love to people. Right. I'm allowed to do that to my youth group because they know me, I know them, and they respect where I'm coming from, I respect where they're coming from, and I've invested in them. So when I give tough love, they understand that I still love them. I hope. Okay? But we're, we're created to be relational. With this COVID stuff... This has been really bad on people. And I've not talked a whole lot about it from up here, but anything you think of negative, like depression, anxiety, suicide, alcohol abuse, drug abuse, all that stuff has went up since this started. All the more reason for us to use what God's given us to help people out. Even people in this room are struggling with it. Like, I need people. I need relationships. I need that. I enjoy that. I made TikTok videos to kill time when I was first quarantining. I need people. And there's so many people that are hurting right now that are going through things. And if you, if you were not careful and you didn't take the extra time you had to invest in, in your relationship with God, then you drifted away from him. Because he gave you extra time to spend with him or you ignored that time and you just drifted away. That's happened. That's happened to people. But it's a tough, tough time that we're going through right now. And we, are, we have to remember that we're designed to meet the needs of the rest of the body. And that's just not in here. That's people you know, okay? You guys go ahead and start that music for me. This morning, I'm not even sure what kind of altar call this is, but you know, if you just want God to, God, I feel like maybe you're putting something in my heart and in my spirit. But I need to pray and make sure, you know, just get confirmation on that because I'm letting doubts creep in.
then I want you to come and pray this morning. Uh, maybe you know your giftings, but you haven't been using them. And you just need the boldness to step out and start doing it. You're not sure what it's going to look like, but you just need that boldness. Come up here and pray for the boldness. If you're here this morning, you don't know the Lord, salvation's here. Salvation is here. And we'll pray with you and help you accept Christ. If you just want more Jesus, goodness gracious, who doesn't want more of that? I just want you to fill me up, God, because I'm running on empty. And come down and pray. Let him fill you up. As we worship and sing, guys, we're made for this. We are made for this. We're made to be that all, all that God's called us to be. So just spend some time in prayer for whatever it is. You need healing in your body, we'll pray for you. Just find a place and let's pray this morning.